and welcome back to Gals on Topic, your favorite book club and then some. I'm Sadie. I'm Izzy. And today we'll be, we will be discussing A Court of Thorns and Roses, chapters 26 through 30. Wow, we're getting so far. I know, it's like getting sad that the... the portion of the book that is unread is just getting slimmer and slimmer <laughs> like i need more <laughs> i know and this is episode seven this is crazy i know over the halfway point for this book wow yeah crazy but that makes me excited because wow what good chapters we had <laughs> <laughs> and also wasn't the second book your favorite it's everyone's favorite okay oh i yeah. Well, I feel like I know this because I was with you most of the weekend, but Yet how again. was your weekend? <laughs> Yet again. How was your Friday? I didn't see you Friday. Um, it was good. I basically did nothing, um, which was much needed. I've just been traveling a bunch for work and then with Chicago last weekend. It was nice just to have a night in. Yeah, I, I really I'm trying to think of what I did and like. I think nothing. The house had kind of gotten a little out of order from me being in and out. So I like picked up. Um, John went out with some friends. So I just enjoyed the place to myself. It was lovely. That sounds lovely. Well, I found half of my Taylor Swift concert outfit on Friday. <gasps> Ooh. So big things happening. I'm very excited about it. Can we can we get a little description? Yes, of course. Um, so doing eras, obviously. Um, my era is nineteen eighty nine, and you know that white two piece set that she wore on tour. Oh, with the, it's like the black sparkly, yep, belt and accent on the shirt. Yep. I guess so. I'm recreating that. So I got these white shorts from Abercrombie, and then I actually don't own like knee high black boots. So I went to Nordstrom Rack. And I tried, tried on these black boots and they were just perfect. And I was like, oh my God, yay. And then I was like, oh, I need to check the price. Oh. $24 <gasps> off of $120. Amazing. They were 80% off. That's so amazing. I literally checked out and the, sh- like, the shop lady was like, oh my God. And then she called over the other checkout lady to show her what a deal I was getting. <laughs> That is like you're walking out of the store with just like the biggest smile on your face. Yeah. It was also like the most beautiful weekend. Yeah. So, you know, you just walked out the sun with the you sun your, shining. Your shopping bags. And you're like, yeah. I just got the best deal ever. Literally, I got those boots. I got Mark Fisher, like work sandals. Amazing. I got sleep shorts and I got clear nail polish. For $74. Oh, my God. I love Nordstrom Rack. All right, yeah. I need to make a trip. It's been a while. Where is there even a Nordstrom Rack around here? It's up by the mall. You have to make a drive, but I I lump it in with my Trader Joe's slash Costco hauls. that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. All right. Well, I know what I'll be doing. My mom's coming up next weekend to celebrate my birthday. Um, And she always takes me shopping because I'm spoiled. That's lovely. So I know where I'll be headed. That's so that's so cute. I know. Um, it's funny. Like she used to always take my brother on a shopping trip. And like we never did because I like I always had something that I was like, can you just give me this for Christmas? Like when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And then once I got older and I stopped having like such distinct 
things that I, I needed my mother to buy for me. She's just, and she was like, well, why don't I just start taking you on little shopping trips too? And I'm like, I mean, it twists my arm. <laughs> I love really that. I love that she's flying in to take you shopping. Oh my God. Yeah. She's the best. Well, I was supposed to go to Myrtle Beach and we were going to celebrate there right. like, on my actual birthday. But then oh, when, those, right. yeah, when those plans didn't work out, she was like, well, I want to see you. And then she immediately booked those flights for this weekend. Shout out Julie. She's the best. <laughs> She's so cute. Um, so I'm very excited. And I will be, I will have to go to uh, Nordstrom Rack. You will. You will. Um, well, I'm excited for your Taylor Swift outfit. You'll have to show me in God, real life. I still have this. so long to wait. I know. <laughs> <sighs> I'm just, I've been anxiously checking the surprise songs. Oh, you have been. I have been now. I still don't know the full set list even though. So I don't, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you can really narrow it down. But I know Sparks Fly is not on the set list. Yeah. And she hasn't sung it yet. So you're just hoping my dreams, she never does until... my hopes and dreams live on that I get to see Sparks Fly. I, it's so, uh, there isn't like a singular song that I'm really dying for. Like I, I love a lot of her songs, including Sparks Fly. Like I would die. I feel like I would just die with whatever song, but like, I hope for Sparks Fly for you or me. And I hope <laughs> if for- you get Sparks Fly, I might I like give me a minute, give me a morning period before you reach out. Before you reach out. <laughs> I just won't talk about the experience. Now. I'm like, I'll be happy for you deep, deep, deep down, but it will be painful. <laughs> oh my god well and but then also like besides all too well john's favorite song is eyes open from the hunger Games. yeah he like recently <laughs> discovered it like Games i was album. playing it yeah he recently discovered it he was like That's what was so that funny. banger you were listening to and um and then he realized it was eyes open that's like his new one so i kind of hope that she does that one even though that's a slim chance that she might not even do anything from the movies or something but I feel like if that came on for him, since he is being drugged there, I mean, he's willingly going, but, yeah. you know, more for me. Right. It would be special if that happened. So we'll see. We will see. Um, I guess, should we get started? Yeah. We have five whole chapters to get into. That's true. We have a lot of content. And the and first I talk one. about Taylor Swift for hours. So. Yeah, me too. And the first <laughs> one's big. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. We're tired again today. <laughs> Yet again, struck down by going out on Saturday. <laughs> I genuinely don't think ever since we had that conversation, there has been a single Saturday where we haven't done something i know the i said it and then the universe was like really (laughs) (laughs) i'll show you (laughs) also i kind of thought it was going to be fine because this was like the first sunny weekend in indiana since yeah i can't even remember like has there ever been sun here i can't recall um and so it was like such a beautiful day so you had to go out and day drink right but then we just like still stayed out till 1 a.m for no reason. For literally. Just playing what do you mean? <laughs> literally. For, no for hours. <laughs> <sighs> Making each other take shots at like one, which like that doesn't need to doesn't just, need to happen. Just call me out. It's fine. Yeah. Sadie made me take two shots for losing at a card game that I 
was unwillingly dra- like dragged into. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's on me. That's on me. But- so when I am stumbling through my notes... It's on you, Sadie. <laughs> that's just the that's just the brand of our podcast now. Yeah. Hungover. Hungover. Yeah, we need to start recording on Saturdays or something when I'm like full of hope and life. Yeah. Instead of on Sundays when I'm crusty and tired and fighting for my life over my second cup of black coffee. <laughs> crusty. <laughs> okay. Or we can just stop going out on Saturdays. I would like to. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next weekend. Um, okay, so yeah, that'll be our commitment for this week is that next weekend we don't go out on Saturday. Well, your mom's in town, Julie. So I assume you'll be doing more wholesome activities than Julie can get after it. Oh, I, I mean, some... I remember we took her out last time. Yeah, but that wasn't even like fully representative of, of the level she can get to. I took her out in Columbia, South Carolina and during college and. She was going up to basketball players asking for pictures of them. I bet they loved Julie. <laughs> what she went up to? We found out the next day wasn't even on the team anymore. <laughs> Just a tall man. Just a tall man. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, well I want to come, okay. um, but see if Julie's down for Friday. <laughs> she definitely will be. She definitely will be. We have to shop Saturday, so. Okay. Perfect. All right, let's get into it. Let's get let's get into it because wow. Yeah. What great chapters we had. They're so good. I was like texting Izzy throughout. I think there was a stream of like 10 texts to you of me just being like, wow, OMG. Oh my God. And she's just like not responding. <laughs> well, it's hard. We try like I want to know you're reading them because I want to like be like, ha ha ha. Like yeah. I know where she's at and stuff. And but I can't. Yeah, you can't actually converse with you via text until we get on the pod. Yeah. So what am I supposed to say? No, I, <laughs> I just I, I just send you like the eyes emoji. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. But boy, boy, were they good. They were good. OK, let's start. Let's start off with chapter 26. Let's do it. We left off, if we recall, on a very high note, the highest note. We could be left off on. Yeah. Feyre. <laughs> I told you I'm tired. Feyre was in her lover era. She said it was the happiest moment of her life. So She's in we, knew, we knew things had to develop from there. Um, and we opened, and they did quickly. And they did quickly. We opened chapter 26 with the gang at lunch, which is really breakfast because they're all hungover. Mm-hmm. Lucian, Lucian keeps rubbing his forehead and Farah asks where he went last night. He says, while you two were out dancing with the spirits, I was stuck on border patrol with company. And then he says, rumor has it, you two didn't come back until dawn. And then this next interaction slightly makes me want to die. <laughs> Tamlin's looking at Farah. Like, he's wondering if she regrets what happened. And also, Lucian knowing what happened, Tamlin is again just reporting back. It's so I weird. Know, it's I so know. It's so weird. Okay, so Tamlin's looking at Feyre, wondering if she regrets what happened. And then she says, you bit my neck on fire night. If I can face you after that, a few kisses are nothing. And then Tamlin's like, nothing? 
And Lucian's like, hello, still here. Oh, that's the be- that's the funniest part is like they're just like staring deep in each other's eyes yeah. and making like little flirty comments. And he's just like, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Feyre and Tamlin have eyes locked. Very sultry energy, high sexual tension. And she's like, yeah, nothing. And he murmurs, are you sure? Oh. And I... <laughs> And Feyre wants him bad. Bad. She says he could have had her right there on the table. Thankfully, Lucian butts in and says, I'm trying to eat. (laughs) And then he delivers some very bad news, which totally kills the mood. He says his contact at the Winter Court got a letter to him that the Blight took out two dozens of their younglings. No one could stop it, and the grief is unfathomable. The other courts are also being hit hard, except for the Night Court. He also says the Blight seems to be sending its wickedness this way because it's getting farther and farther south. And obviously, it's horrible that the younglings were killed, but even more so when you remember what Alice said, that children are so rare yeah, and so precious that it's like absolutely devastating and 24 yeah 24 that's crazy yeah and Feyre's like so the blight can actually kill people because that's yeah I didn't expect that either yeah and Tamlin starts to speak he says the blight is capable of hurting us in ways you but trails off stops talking jumps up so quickly his chair flips over Claws come out, and the house goes silent. And then Lucian swears and draws out his sword. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Tamlin's staring at the door and tells Lucian to get Feyre to the window to hide by the curtains. So, yeah, wow. Quickly, things are... (laughs) Taking quite the turn. Take quite the turn. Feyre grabs a knife, and Lucian pins her between him and the back of the wall. And Feyre realizes they've glamoured her because she can taste magic. She wonders what's coming, and she thinks back to Tamlin telling her that there are worse things than the adder, the naga, everything she's encountered so far. And then they hear footsteps just strolling towards getting closer to the room that they're in. And then he appears, and it's someone that Feyre has met before. He's back! Chuck! Chuck! (laughs) Were you excited to see him? Yes, but not the gifts he brought. Mm -hmm. He's not Chuck anymore. Chuck wouldn't. Chuck wouldn't actually. Wouldn't be like actually cruel. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's our friend from Fire Night, and Farah says he's exactly as she remembers. She describes him as having fine, rich clothing, cloaked in tendrils of night, an ebony tunic with gold and silver, dark pants, and black boots. And this man addresses Tamlin. He says, hi, Lord, inclines his head. Tamlin says, what do you want, Resand? So that's his name. Okay. Resand. Okay. I was thinking of rice. But that's well, that's what I thought the first time too, but I think it's resand and then shortened it's Reese. Oh, that makes sense. I think Reese sounds better. Yeah. So Tamlin says, What do you want, Resand? 
And Rhysand smiles and puts his hand on his heart and says, Rhysand, come now, Tamlin. I don't see you for 49 years and you start calling me Rhysand. Only my prisoners and my enemies call me that and grins even wider. Feyre describes him as looking feral and deadly, more so than Tamlin has ever looked. Yeah, so my my love triangle is out the window. It's out the window? I don't think that's happening. He's giving big villain energy yeah. in this moment. Which he didn't, I wasn't totally grasping on, on Fire Night. Like, I thought he was just giving, like, bad boy energy. Mysterious. Yeah. Mysterious stranger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now it's very much villain. There are so many villains in this freaking book. Right. Which I want to talk about. In it at, at the end of this chapter to okay. clarify things, but carry okay. on. So Rhysand looks at Lucian and says, a fox mask, appropriate for you, Lucian. Lucian tells him to go to hell. And it's also unnerving to see Lucian and Tamlin react like this to another fae because... As of this point, Tamlin's been the most powerful person that we've met. Yeah. So reading this and like Rhysand's, you know, jabbing at them, they're jabbing at him, but they can't actually like throw him out or anything. It's like yeah. speaks to how powerful he is. Yeah. They're only they're only like defense is words, really. <laughs> right. And we don't really get the backstory, but we know that they Tamlin and Lucian clearly know him and hate him. Yeah. So Rhysand responds to Lucian and says, always a pleasure dealing with the rabble. And then, I hope I wasn't interrupting. Tamlin says, we were in the middle of lunch. And Rhys says, stimulating. <laughs> and then, I can't wait for this scene on TV one time. Like, it'll be so good. It will be really good. And then Rhys says he's just here to check in and wanted to see if Tamlin got his little present. Which was, of course. Which I realized this, they say later, but I realized in this moment that he was the high lord of the night court. Good job, Sadie. Thank you. Gold star. <laughs> I'm ahead of the game. <laughs> Smarter than our favorite. <laughs> yes, he is. And that present was the head that favorite found a few chapters ago. Tamlin says the present was unnecessary. And Reese goes, but a nice reminder of the fun days, wasn't it? Almost half a century holed up in a country estate. I don't know how you've managed it, but you're such a stubborn bastard that this must have seemed like a paradise compared to under the mountain. I suppose it is. I'm surprised, though. 49 years and no attempts to save yourself or your lands, even now that things are getting interesting again. And Tamlin says, there's nothing to be done. Wimp. (laughs) (laughs) just kidding I feel like this is a good time to kind of recap where we're at in the plot because a lot has developed but a lot is still unclear yeah so and I feel like these chapters were full of more questions like I feel like as soon as we start to narrow down our questions something else cracks open and we like learn a lot more that's unclear. Right. So with that quote I just read and Reese insinuating that, you know, Tamlin isn't doing anything. Tamlin's like, there's nothing to be done. 
talking about the blight, what do you what do you know right now about the the situation that they're in? And what do you mainly have questions about? So, well, so I know that there's this blight on magic that mm-hmm. is weakening the f- high phase ma- magic. Um and it's spreading across Prithian Prithian. It seems like maybe it was strong at one point and then backed off a little, but it's now coming back. Um and then and then there's this high very powerful now we understand like woman that we learn more a little more about here that is kind of taking advantage of that of people of the high fae becoming weaker and sending like these horrible monsters to kind of like it seems like to break down these high lords and take over everywhere is what i'm gathering but good summary thanks (laughs) (laughs) thanks <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so but i definitely get the vibe that from like this whole conversation with reese recent resand resand um that like maybe m- one of my theories was partially correct that like tamlin was once kind of like in on the fun Mm. quote-unquote fun um the evil like he Mm -hmm. was kind of whether he and i'm now i'm getting the vibe that maybe he was older when he partook older than i thought like i said he was a kid his father's using him as a pawn but i'm almost like maybe he was older and really should have known better Mm. so i'm my my theory is developing but i think that this conversation like really kind of propels that forward yeah 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 so anyway no that was good that was good okay so we get even more from this conversation we get a lot actually so tamlin says there's nothing to be done reese walks towards tamlin smoothly and slowly and he says quietly what a pity that you must endure the brunt of it tamlin and an even greater pity that you're so resigned to your fate you might be stubborn, but this is pathetic. How different the High Lord is from the brutal war band leader of centuries ago. Yeah, that's what made me think, think that. that I was like, oh, mm-hmm. he might have been a little older. And then Lucian says, what do you know about anything? You're just Amarantha's whore. <laughs> and Reese says, her whore I might be, but not without my reasons. At least I haven't bided my time among the hedges and flowers while the world has gone to hell. Lucian says that's not what they're doing, and Reese says it was certainly interesting when Lucian switched to spring, because we know he went autumn to spring court, and that it's sad to see his mother in perpetual mourning over losing him. Re- or Lucian points his sword at Reese and tells him to watch his filthy mouth, and Reese says, is that any way to speak to a high lord of Prithian? So because you're so smart, you already knew that, but <laughs> he's a high lord. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Farah's also freaking out. She's realizing it's why those fairies who were attacking her on Kalan Mai stopped immediately when they saw him without him having to even lift a finger. Reese laughs and then says, come on, Tamlin, are you going to let your lackey speak to me like that? 
to which Tamlin replies he doesn't enforce rank in his court. And Reese says, but it's so entertaining when they grovel. And then Lucian says, this isn't the night court. So not only is he a high lord, he is the high lord of the night court. Yes. So going back to our last episode, we learned that the night court is the worst one. Like, it's just the one that it seems to be the one that Tamlin and Lucian have beef with but also has the worst morals even though all the other ones seem bad too i mean autumn seems pretty bad but they specifically called out the night court as like being the worst yes yeah Yeah. yes so yeah definitely the love triangle is out (laughs) it's just a straight villain (laughs) straight villain well earlier i feel like it was harder it's harder to make predictions when I knew so little about the world, but like I know about, you know, romance and relationships. So it was like my only kinds of predictions could be about that because like I had no idea how to even predict anything for the fairy world. You don't have to justify. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <embarrassed. laughs> my predictions are wrong. <laughs> you know, Sarah's Sarah J. Mass is a tricky lady. She, she is. fooled you. She got me. <laughs> Um, it also explains his vibe and the descriptions that Farah's been putting out there. She says, like, his eyes look like they have stars in them. Mm-hmm. Darkness ripples off of him. Yeah. So it all I makes loved, sense. I wish I wrote it down. But the line where when you might have written it down, we haven't gotten there yet. But when she says, like, the window from the light doesn't even reflect off of him as if, like, cowering from his darkness or something right. like that. Right. I loved that line. I was like, oh, yes, yeah, powerful. So Lucian says, you have no power here. So clear out. Amarantha's bed is growing cold. And Reese laughs, but then all of a sudden is on Lucian, growling into his face. Lucian's now pushing Feyre into the wall behind him, but Reese still doesn't know that she's there. Right. And Reese says, I was slaughtering on the battlefield before you were even born. Then he lets go, backs off Lucian, and says, Besides, who do you think taught your beloved Tamlin the finer aspects of swords and females? It's giving, um, what was that thing called in Twilight? The Vulturi? Oh, the Vulturi? Yeah, the Vulturi. It, that's the vibe, like how they just like kind of talk slow and little half smiles and then like rush straight up to you in like a second yeah. and they're like really close. He gives me those vibes. Yeah, it's the best kind of villain when he's just he's not doing anything threatening. He's just kind of there, very comfortable, very yeah. confident. Yeah. Very and comfortable and confident while he says very scary threatening thing but in a calm tone while smiling yeah yeah you're like ah you're evil yeah exactly <laughs> tamlin tells him to save it that he will that he will see him soon enough and reese starts to walk away and says she's already preparing for you given your current oh sorry she's already preparing for you given your current state i think i can safely report that you've already been broken and will reconsider her offer Reese is passing the table while he's talking and he starts to say, I'm looking forward to seeing your face when you dot, dot, dot. He stops talking because he sees the table is set for three. Dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. 
Classic mistake. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Okay. I wrote. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I wrote it in my notes. Oh no. As like my thought, but I read it as a quote. <laughs> Tamlin just said, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. So that was me mentally saying, oh, no. (laughs) Okay. So Reese sniffs her goblet. Clearly has some type of bell go off or sorry light go off in his mind i'm all over the place today. i mean both of those work ding 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 ding. yeah and says where's your guest tamlin's like i sent them off when i sensed you coming and recent resand then turns his head back to lucian slash Feyre, and says you dare glamour me and then Feyre can feel his eyes now directly looking into her eyes Oh, I read that as much more intense. Like, you dare glamour me? <laughs> Sorry. I'll put more emphasis. You dare glamour me? <laughs> and then... And then all of a sudden he can see her. Yeah. Yeah. His face is described as total calm, but just radiating fury. He says... Actually, it says he purrs. Ugh, <laughs> Favorite verse. He He's purrs. I remember you. It seemed you ignored my warning to stay out of trouble. He asks Tamlin who she is, and Lucian says she's his betrothed. Lucian's really the best. He is. Reese's failed attempt, but... Bad attempt, but effort. A for effort. Reese is like, oh, thought you were still mourning your commoner. Reese comes towards her. Lucian draws his sword, and Reese smiles at him. He says, you draw blood from me, Lucian, and you'll learn how quickly Amarantha's whore can make the entire Autumn Court bleed, especially its darling lady. Lucian goes pale, but he doesn't move. And then Reese looks Feyre over and says, I knew you liked to stoop low with your lovers, Lucian, but I never thought you would actually dabble with mortal trash. Oof. Yeah. Just when she was feeling at her highest and comfortable in her own body. So true. What do you think of them calling him Amarantha's whore like four times? Because uh, I think she he executes her dirty work. Mm. Yeah, like yeah. he's just her little bitch, like yeah. does whatever she says. But and then he's just saying like, he's like, I don't care. You can call me that. I'm I've aligned myself with something more powerful. And mm-hmm. and then he in that moment, he's like reminding Lucian that like yeah you may think of me as just someone's little bitch but I could still kill you with one blink of my eye (laughs) true true okay so Lucian goes pale doesn't move Reese looks up fair over calls her mortal trash Tamlin tells him to leave but still isn't trying to like attack him or force him out which is tough because this is Tamlin's house. I know. And Reese is just coming in here, making a mess of things, throwing out threats left and right, and Tamlin's not doing anything. So Reese instead brushes Lucian aside, and now it's just him and Feyre directly in front of each other. And he pries her knife away that she had grabbed from the table as she was running to the wall. 
and throws it away. And he says, that won't do you any good anyway. If you were wise, you would be screaming and running from this place. It's a wonder that you're still here, actually. Thera's confused, and then Reese laughs and says, oh, she doesn't know, does she? Tamlin now tells Reese he has seconds to leave, and Reese again tells him, oh, I wouldn't talk to me like that. And then Thera's body goes stiff, and she can feel magic slash pure power gripping her, like gripping her mind, yeah. specifically. And she can feel what she describes as a claw scraping against her mind. Oh, my God. This part is so cringe. I feel like secondhand embarrassment, terrifying. Yeah. And remember when you asked me if Tamlin can read minds? Yeah. So this guy can. Oh, I mean, do you think that Tamlin can do that, too? He's just like a gentleman. We don't know. But this guy, this guy can. can. (laughs) So Tamlin can see what's happening, starts to panic, says to let her go. Reese says he forgot how easy human minds are to shatter. And he says, look at how delighted she is. Look at how she's trying not to cry out in terror. And then he says, she has the most delicious thoughts about you, Tamlin. And he tells him all the... The dirty thoughts that Pharaoh was just having. Yeah. From their, their sexual tension like 10 minutes ago. How embarrassing. Yeah. Very, very embarrassing. He brings up like the neck bite again. Yeah. And how Pharaoh kind of liked it. I just die. I just die. <laughs> Tamlin says again, let her go. But now he's real, real mad. And Reese says, if it's any consolation, she would have been the one for you, and you might have gotten away with it. A bit late, though. She's more stubborn than you are. He frees Feyre from his mind control, and she falls to the floor. I don't really know what he meant by that. Yeah, you'll find out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, mate to mate with? Or what was that word called? Was it mating? Yeah, mating. Yeah. yeah. Or is it my chosen one thing? I have thoughts on that that I'm going to discuss later. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll find out. But we don't know at this point what that means. Reese then says, Amarantha will enjoy breaking her almost as much as she'll enjoy watching you as she shatters her. Tamlin freezes and says, please. Reese is like, please what? And Tamlin asks, Slash says, don't tell Amarantha about her. This is so pitiful and I sad, this part. Reese goes, well, why not? As her whore, I should tell her everything. Tamlin again says... Now they regret calling her that mm-hmm. or calling him that. Tamlin again says, please. And Reese tells him to beg and he will reconsider. This is so bad. Like, seeing Tamlin have to beg and he's so powerful yeah it's in his own home in his own home he and he's on his knees with his forehead to the ground begging begging Ugh. and reese tells lucian to beg also so both of them are like on their knees head to the ground in front of this man And then Reese says, you're far too desperate, Tamlin. It's off-putting. Becoming High Lord made you so boring. (laughs) And he says, maybe he will tell Amarantha. Maybe he won't. So 
Made him beg. Made him beg for nothing. Tamlin's pissed off. Tamlin gets up, tries to attack him, but Reese shoves him away with a single hand, saying, none of that, not with the lady present. And it's just, we haven't seen, even like the worst of the creatures, Tamlin's been able to handle so easily. Mm-hmm. And so this man who's just here, not doing anything, but just knowing that he he could take on Tamlin and Lucian. Yeah. Just shows how powerful he is. Yeah. So he looks back to Feyre and asks her name. Feyre blurts out the first name that comes to her mind, which was just a random neighbor from back home, Claire Better. And Reese says, well, this was certainly entertaining. The most fun I've had in ages, actually. I'm looking forward to seeing you under the mountain. I'll give Amarantha your regards. Then he vanishes. And that's where we end the chapter. Intense. Some big developments. Yes. So we already have met Resand, but now we've really met Resand. Yeah. 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 I'm surprised he was in a, he was even allowed to be at Fire Night. He probably just does what he wants. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> He's not gonna follow the rules. But it, it is interesting that he was there. Yeah. So I think. Like from the recap, I'm clarified on this question that I like wanted to confirm, but that there's two things going on. There's this blight that we don't even know where it's coming from, but it's making these high lords and high fae weak, weaker. And then, but then on top of that, there's this separate villain of Amarantha that's like, uh, like, just like an enemy fae it seems like like she's just like releasing these monsters and um just trying to capitalize on the weaknesses brought on by the blight correct that's what it seems like and it seems like the blight is like um very conveniently not gone to the night court Mm -hmm. i think they said that Yep. And so it, but then I'm, so then I was getting confused that I was like, oh, well, is she the one controlling the blight? Cause like, why aren't they afraid of the blight? Right. Coming to them. All good questions. So like, I'm trying to figure out if the two are connected or not, or if they're just like two separate villains or um, conflicts that they have to like overcome. So, yeah. All good questions. Thanks. What I can tell you, I can't answer any of them, obviously, but what, one of, what I will tell you is I think our next chunk of chapters will literally clear up everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Like not the ones we're, not the ones we're talking about today, but like in the next, the next, chunk. the next one. Oh, exciting. Cause I am a thousand percent reading them tonight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So next we have chapter 27. And we open chapter 27 with everyone just recovering from what happened. So Farah's lying in bed post this encounter. She's been in there all day, recovering, staying away from Tamlin's rage. Sounds like he's been tearing the house down and processing all this new information. And she's thinking about this Amarantha and how powerful this woman must be to command High Lords of Prithian, like to have Reese on a leash 
basically. And Reese, you know, totally humiliated Tamlin and Lucian today. So she's just wrapping her heads around her head around that. Yeah. So Tamlin enters her room and sits on the bed. And he says, he's sorry. Farrah says, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Tamlin says, it's not fine. And then hangs his head, sighs, and tells her that he's sending her home. I did not see that coming at all. Like, uh, carry on. Okay. I'll get, like, okay, I'll get into it now. (laughs) (laughs) I just did not see it coming at all. Like, in the, when we first started this and we, like, meet her whole family and she's living in the mortal world and stuff, I was like, oh, like, we're spending so much time learning these people that it's like, of course, they're going to come back later. But then once we were in Prithian, I was like, I totally forgot about all of them. I was, mm-hmm. like, insignificant, just setting the scene, you know. like yeah. And I did not, I completely forgot about all of them. I did not see, I thought if they were ever going to be in the book again, it was going to be because they came to Brythian. Yeah. But no, I, yeah, I was shook. Yeah. It's weird thinking about her having to go back. And she was just free of them. Finally. I know. Feeling free of them. Yeah. So this is quite the development. She's not happy about it. She's like, wait, what? What about the terms of the treaty? Also, like, that was a whole big deal. Yeah. He said I could never go back. He's basically like, I'm taking it on. I'm taking on the, your life debt, which is confusing because there was supposed to be no loopholes, but whatever. Feyre's upset. She asks if she did something wrong, and Tamlin presses his hand to her face and tells her that she was perfect. And she's like, well, then why do I have to go? Which seems obvious, but he tells her that there's people who want to hurt her because of what she is to him. And that he thought he could shield her from all of that. But after today, he can't. It's kind of exposed. It's out there. He needs her to go home where she'll be safe. And she tries to say that she can hold her own. But Tamlin says, no, she can't. And agreed. She She can't. (laughs) And Tamlin's like, look, I can barely protect myself against what's happening. And she's weak compared to them. Sorry. He's like, even if we stood against the blight, she would hunt you down and kill you. She being Amarantha, presumably. Feyre's about to ask more, but Tamlin interrupts and tells her that when she gets home, not to tell anyone the truth about where she's been because spies will be looking for her. And Feyre is super confused. What? I just realized. What? Well, we haven't gotten there yet, but I just realized he told her specifically not to do that. And she tells Nesta. Oh. Shit. Sorry. Sorry for those who haven't read. <laughs> but I just made that connection. Okay, carry on. Mm, interesting. Um, yeah, he tells her not to tell anyone because spies will be looking for her. Feyre is super confused and tells him she wants to stay with him regardless. And he puts his hand on her face again and says he knows. But she keeps trying to protest and he tells her this is not a debate. Reese today was only the start of it. So she's got to go. Feyre asks if she's being sent away because she's useless in a fight. And he says he's sending her away because he can't think 
of he can't stand to think of her in their hands. She asks how long she has to leave for, and he says he doesn't know. He says not forever, but she knows it's a lie. Oh, yeah. Sad. She kisses him, and at last, the two of them get after it. (laughs) (laughs) It was so much more romantic than that and passionate than just getting after it. Yes, it was. It was very romantic. You know, there's set the scene it's night in her room there's he's sitting on her bed they're kind of saying goodbye a a little bit that's what I was like so sad about when I was reading it is because like for one there's this like oh yes like finally like there there's so much love and passion between the two of them and they're finally like leaning into that but Mm -hmm. it was also bittersweet because it was also a goodbye it was like it was almost like they just like it was breakup sex. Yeah. She, I mean, she knows in the moment when he says it's not forever that it is yeah. probably going to be forever because yeah. even if everything fixes, he's immortal. So it could be like 10 years, 20 years before he could, if he was able to come find her, to come find her. And then she's already 50 years old. Like, yeah. So she knows. So she's very much just, you know, she's been falling in love with him. Mm-hmm. wrapped up in the moment so they just go for it finally yeah, finally and it's been a very slow slow build for them so it's about time yeah happy for Feyre yeah it was good I'm glad it was slow because I hate when it seems like things just like jumped right in yeah and it seems unrealistic and like it was a slow build up and it also made the release like more exciting and like yay you know right and she was so in her words like prickly and thorny when she got there and he really got her to open up and just showed her a better life which softened her all up and it's just nice it's just nice yes in the very last sentence yeah exactly so they fall asleep afterwards and when they wake up a few hours later Tamlin tells her that she'll be leaving tomorrow and she's shocked because she didn't realize it would be so soon and starts to panic. But he's just like, please, Feyre, like, I have to do this. So she's processing the fact that she's really leaving just when this place has started to really feel like her home and like they're in bed together. She's all comfortable. She's falling asleep again and she hears him whisper, I love you, thorns and all. But when she wakes up in the morning, he's gone. Thorns and all. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So sweet. I love them. I know. And we've been waiting for this moment. Like, obviously, they were going to get together. Mm-hmm. But now it's it's tainted with the the sadness of her having to leave in a few hours. Yeah. Yeah. And that was chapter 27. Ah, emotional roller coaster. It, it really is. And... We start chapter 28 with Alice packing for Feyre to leave. And as Feyre says goodbye to Alice, she tells her, I hope you get to be with your nephew soon. And then Alice tells her to make the most of her freedom. I'm going to miss Alice. Yeah, me too. So Feyre's dressed in some like frilly human style dress and she goes downstairs. Lucian kind of jokes around with her about what she's wearing. But then he says, I thought you were smarter than this. 
to Feyre. Which, like, what does that mean? Oh. I thought that was to Tamlin. It's to Feyre. I thought you were smarter than this. And Feyre's like, well, goodbye to you, too. It's not my fault I'm leaving. She doesn't want to go. Maybe because the surreal had told her to stay with him. We don't know, but it's Lucian's mad. Lucian turns to Tamlin and is like, you aren't even going to give her a few more days before sending her back to the human cesspit. And Tamlin again says, not up for debate. Okay, so this is where my theory kind of develops a little bit more. Okay, tell us. So I've mentioned that Feyre is a chosen one. She's chosen for something. They sent Andras into the mortal world to like find whatever human was going to be the key to whatever the problem is. I still can't really put my finger on. <laughs> there's there's definitely a problem. There's don't a, know what it is, but there is a problem. Like whether it's the blight or like we just don't know all the details of like what how what truly could get them out of their problems. So like I, I can't really put the words around that, but I think they sent Andres by the cauldron to like find the key to solve whatever their problems are. And it's Feyre. Like she was the, she's the chosen one. She killed him, whatever she has to go. And then, um, and so I feel like their plan was to use Feyre and something has to happen over time. Like, like maybe she likes, slowly has to like become more fey like i don't know like what the i don't know what the plan was but something we needed to take a long time to develop which is why they were like you have to spend the rest of your life here um they made up that that treaty shit was fake um because no one else knew about it and then <laughs> Feyre, what so Feyre was supposed to be a part of their plan to go against the blight or whatever it was um which it's obviously a secret Oh, and so their plan is a secret, which is why Reese thinks that they that Tamlin's not doing anything. Mm. But he really is doing something. He has this secret plan to use Feyre. But then once she was exposed to Reese and like the bad guys, he was like, Okay, this plan is is not worth it anymore. Like people know about her, they're gonna go after her, like this is not the solution anymore. I love her too much. It's like saving the world, saving Prithian. Saving the court is, like, not worth losing Feyre. So, like, fuck it. Send her back. The plan's off. And and and, and uh, Lucian is like, what the fuck? Like, we've risked our lives for this, this bitch. Plan. Give her a few more days. Like, come on. And I think that's what's, I think that's my thing. It's a great theory. Thank you. We'll see. <laughs> Good job. Well, well thought out. Love the effort that you put into thank that. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like I was like, kind of, like I had written like, she's a chosen one. She's a chosen one. Like L- Lucian saying two more days is like, had something to do about the chosen one. But then when we just recapped the whole conversation with Reese, I was like, explosion in brain. This is what's happening, <laughs> which is totally, I have no idea if it is true <laughs> and it's probably not, but would be a good book if it was. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Right. I, I think, no, I think that's great because Lucian's clearly mad. Yeah. He's really mad and Tamlin's like not talking about it, but Lucian, he's mad at, He's mad that Feyre is leaving. He's mad that Tamlin's sending her away. 
because they've invested all this time and again no one get confused like this is just my theory but like i think because they've invested all this time and they've risked their lives and they've really done a lot to try to like work on this plan that the cauldron led them to and now he's just like blinded by love and he's like i don't care i'll give up anything to protect Feyre." so that's what i think (laughs) i love it i love it thanks Feyre's also confused in this moment she's confused by lucian's telling her or calling her stupid basically because again she doesn't want to leave yeah um and she's confused by lucian so mad because it's not like they're besties yeah (laughs) but they are they kind of are. <laughs> but she's really just focused on now having to actually say goodbye to Tammy. Mm-hmm. He tells her to remember what he told her. The mortal, ra- the mortal realm remains safe for her and her family. And she can't think of anything to say. So she just tells him, my paintings, they're yours. It's like, obviously, they're in his house. <laughs> her little stick figures. Her little- <laughs> yeah. Her little watercolors. <laughs> He tells her he will see her again and then kisses her. And she gets into the carriage. Tammy asks if she's ready. She's not ready. She's not ready. But she knows that there are big things going on and she's just another body for him to have to protect. So he shuts the door. The carriage starts to move. He smiles at her and tells her he loves her. And it's for realsies this time. She wants to say it back, but the words get stuck in her throat because she knows she might never see him again. So she doesn't say it, and the carriage pulls her into the forest. Ugh. Every time I read this, I'm like, tell him, Feyre! Tell him! <laughs> Why would you not tell him? I, don't, I always respect, though, when the man is vulnerable and the girl holds it. <laughs> right. Right. Like, I feel like I'm such a hopeless romantic, like, in life that in relationships, I'm like, I love you. <laughs> well, it's just and so that when when she's like, I know she feels it, but she's kind of like kind of leaves him out being vulnerable by himself. Like, but like, why? Like you, you're never you yeah, might never true. see him again. They're never going to see each other again. Isn't yeah. that going to haunt you forever that he ne- never knew how you felt? I will. And hopefully drive her to go back to Prithian. We'll Which I just realized I was worried that she wasn't going to know how to ever get back because they make her go to sleep on the carriage. Yeah. But oh, shit, I can't even say this because it's in the next chapter and we're not there yet. Okay. Remind me. Something about finding your way back to Prithian. Okay. Remind me later. Okay. I will. Thank you. Tuck that away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like really connecting dots mid recap. <laughs> I love it. The live reaction. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like also I like just read this right before. Yeah. Like I've been spending all day in bed reading and then and so like I haven't even like fully developed and sunk in and then the recap is just really Sparks are flying. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. Dots are being connected. Yeah, the carriage is off. Where are we going? Carriage is off. She falls asleep. <laughs> um Oh, I was going to say, the first time I read this, I was convinced, like, no way the carriage makes it. She's going to get intercepted. Like, no way she's going back to the human realm. Like, boring. Wait, (laughs) you're so right. I was like, she's going to get intercepted. There's all these dangers about, you know? Yeah. There's creatures. People know about her now. I I was was like, she's about to get captured, and he's going to have to come save her, and that's going to be the plot. But no. No. Didn't happen. Unpredictable, Sarah is. Unpredictable. She goes back to... 
her family, which I agreed the first time I read it. I was like, really? These people? <laughs> um, but it's not the same scenario that she left. It's very, very different. She's not at her cottage. She's at a huge estate with a bunch of servants. Tamlin really, really went above and beyond for her family. Yeah. Crazy. She says that the manor that she pulls up at is almost as big as like the Spring Court Manor. And a man comes and helps her out of the carriage. And she's like, wow. It's the first human she's seen in like six months. And she's so rude here. She's like unfinished graceless creatures of earth and blood (laughs) that's you that's you too damn Farah. but now we get to see Farah's family again so her sisters approach the carriage and they don't even realize it's her nesta curtsies and she's just like welcoming her into her home she thinks she's just some like random high class lady and Farah says don't you recognize your own sister and elaine's like oh my god (laughs) Farah. They ask about Aunt Ripley, which was Tamlin's cover story that they had he had glamoured them into believing mm-hmm. that Pharaoh was whisked away to take care of a distant, wealthy aunt. Pharaoh tells them that Aunt Ripley has passed away and has left Pharaoh the fortune. Elaine starts talking about how terrible that is, blah, blah, blah. But Nesta's just staring at her and ask, asks why she's being so quiet. Pharaoh's tells them that she's in glad their own their own fortunes have improved and also asks, you know, what happened. And Elaine's like, oh, didn't you get our letters? Feyre can't read. <laughs> <laughs> this is so annoying of them. Like, genuinely so annoying. She's illiterate. She's illiterate. <laughs> For them to forget that she can't read... I mean, no, she didn't get the letters, but she couldn't have read them. <laughs> yeah, I was dying because also later in, when she's like, I'm trying to figure out how to spend my days in this new, like back, right. I was about to say in this new world, back home. And in my head, I was like, why don't you get a fucking tutor? <laughs> it's such a good point. And learn to made. read and write. She starts gardening. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like... So clearly you're concerned that at some point the blight could spread to human lands. Like you were just in a situation where you were clearly at a disadvantage because you can't fight. You can't even read. You couldn't even write a map to help you get escape when you thought you were in danger. Like, you know, fix it. Yeah. Fix the problem, Feyre. Yeah. Yeah. You have all this money now. Yeah. Stop gardening. Yeah. And so she's like, ah, I'll just plant, plant this flower here. Yeah. Think about Tammy. No. She could have even start started taking sword lessons or something. I don't yeah. know. Just so she could, if she was ever in a situation again, be a little bit more competitive. <laughs> I also, well, actually, I was going to say she probably also learned from her time there that there's nothing she can do. Like she will never really be able to fight them or stand a chance against them. but. I, the second I was about to say that, I cut myself off because she did kill some. Yeah. What were they called? Naga. Naga. I was thinking Nagi. <laughs> Naga. Like, so she could. She totally could get right. stronger. Like, probably not. She couldn't defend herself against Tamlin, but she could defend or herself Reese against or anything. Or, yeah, but she could defend herself against something. Yeah. True. 
Anyway, <laughs> that's not the path she takes for herself. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, Elaine says, oh, didn't you get our letters? Rude. Um, Elaine tells her that a stranger came after Feyre left and, and asked their father to invest his money. And then within a month, the man's money doubled and money started pouring in and their lost ships that caused them to lose their fortune in the first place were even found. And now they're just insanely loaded. Again, Tammy went above and beyond. Like they aren't just comfortable. Like you told Thera, they are royalty level rich. Yeah. And he made this whole lie up, which was really complex. And he even sent Thera back with like trunks of gold and jewels. So on her own, she's now also very wealthy. Yeah. Elaine keeps talking and Nesta's still quiet. Feyre sees the carriage leave and she's just so sad and wants to run after it. She says she can't help but feel like she's making a big mistake in leaving, especially remembering what the surreal said, stay with the High Lord. Don't go against the surreal. That's what that's what Lucian was kind of referring to, I feel like. Like you're dumb, this is where you're safest. Right. Yeah. And we end the chapter with Feyre reuniting with her dad, who's weeping at the sight of her, but with a dark, dark shadow over her heart. This whole chapter, like, it's great to hear about what's been going on. And it's like, wow, he really did do a lot of nice things, which is kind of crazy. But the whole time, like, Elaine is, like, filling her in and they're, you know, Mm -hmm. spending time together. I'm just, like, dying for a chapter to be from Tamlin's perspective. Like, like what's I, going on? Yes, like I, I just want to know, like one, how he's feeling, his inner thoughts, and I also like, yeah, what the fuck is going on right at the end? I'm cussing up this episode, but I'm passionate. <laughs> like I want to know what is happening in the spring court. I know that's why. Again, when I first was reading this, I was like, no way, we're going back to humans. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would have nothing to do with the plot. We were just getting somewhere. I know. I was yeah. This whole time, I was like trying to rush through this chapter to like hopefully see like the next chapter say like Tamlin you know when books like will put the when books will put the The perspective yeah the name of the person the chapter's book I was like please yeah be be Tamlin like I want I want to know or even Lucian Alice I'll take anyone (laughs) (laughs) just what is happening what is happening um yeah well we're not getting that we are stuck in her family's house gardening with Elaine for the next two chapters. It is interesting to like hear everything that's been going on and kind of like what was happening. Not as interesting as it would be if we were still in Prithian. Yeah. But I do. I love this next chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into it. This chapter opens up with favorite. What was I supposed to remind you of again? (laughs) to talk about oh after we'll talk about in this chapter okay yeah (laughs) sorry i already forgot (laughs) the chapter opens up with Feyre's dad examining all the fortune she brought back with her and her dad is fully back he's vibrant he's smiling he's laughing he's doting on his daughters mainly elaine overall their fam is actually a fam their family and Feyre credits all of that to tamlin like the whole lie he concocted it's like it was what the dad needed to get his ego back. Like, yeah. he's now providing again. Right. It's not like they, they just were gifted money, even though they were. It's like he felt like he, he gave got him back on the his opportunity feet. to 
be the father he should have been the whole time. Right. So Elaine is showing favor her garden because Elaine loves to garden, and they start talking about traveling to the continent next spring to see the gardens there. And Feyre is surprised that Elaine wants to go in spring because that's the middle of the season, as in like socialite season slash when ladies are out and about in society to meet suitors, basically just Bridgerton. Yeah. (laughs) Elaine says that Nesta will tell her more about it, but this last social season was weird because everyone had just acted like the entire family had been sick for eight years or had been missing when they actually were in the same village just starving Yeah, that entire time. Elaine says it almost makes her wish that they were back at the cottage, even with the hunger and the cold, because now, like, their dad is always busy and Nesta hardly talks to anyone. It's sad. Yeah. Then Elaine says, Nesta went to see you, you know. Whoa. Oh, my God. (laughs) Feyre's like, what? But apparently Nesta made it only a week and then her carriage broke down and came back. And Farrah's thinking, like, wait, where did she go? Did she go towards the wall and have to come back because of the magic? Like, there's no Aunt Ripley. Like, where was she even heading? Yeah. Elaine's staring at Farrah. And Farrah's like, what's up? <laughs> and Elaine says that Farrah looks and sounds so different now. And it's because she has this glow around her from spending time in Prithian, being near magic. She was turning Fay. <laughs> and, uh... She just has this nice, you know, Prithian tan, I guess. <laughs> Elaine asks if she met someone at Aunt Ripley's, and Farrah says, no, this is just, you know, from good food, good rest. So days go by, and Farrah is depressed. She is spending time with Elaine in her garden, listening to her talk about her, her you know, flowers and her plants, and... It's nice to be around Elaine because Elaine is so nice and sweet and full of life and everyone in the house just loves her. And Feyre really admires that all of the years of poverty never stripped away the light from Elaine because she's so like generous and loving and kind. And Feyre says she's proud to call her her sister. Aww. And it's nice. So Feyre's dad has finished counting her fortune and Feyre is now extremely wealthy. She withdraws some money for herself, goes to their own village, finds the cottage in the exact same condition as she left it with the door, you know, shattered from Tamlin breaking in, like Mm -hmm. the paintings she had done on the tables and dresser. And she thinks about how Elaine said she almost missed living there. And Feyre says, Elaine had looked at the cottage with hope. I had looked at it with nothing but hatred, and I knew which one of us had been stronger. I love that because it was like the conversation that she had with Elaine where Elaine says that like sometimes she misses it like despite the cold and the starvation. Like it just shows that like Elaine wasn't oblivious. She just kind of like could find contentment in her family. Yeah. You know? It also shows that she has depth. Like yeah, she's not just some shallow girl who now that she's rich is like oh i get pretty things now i can go to these balls and like yeah suitors she cares about their family and has always cared about the family and their connections and relationships right 
which it's still like i mean this is kind of a redemption chapter for elaine but i i still i'm like then why didn't you do more or why yeah. why was Feyre treated so badly well i feel like i guess it's supposed to be a redemption redemption chapter for elaine but i i still don't really like love elaine or yeah. anything i know me either i think she's still like I mean, this this chapter, we kind of learn or start to understand both Nesta and Elaine better. And I was going to say this about Nesta, which we'll get to. But in the same way for Elaine, it's like we now understand them and the why they acted the way they did. Would we do we still like think that was the best way to handle it? No, but. I understand them better. Right. You know. Right. There's more dimensions here. And maybe it's because Feyre was just so bitter and we were seeing yeah. it through her eyes in the first few chapters. Yeah. Now she's softened up and she has the capacity to yeah. note these things about them. For sure. You know what I mean? For sure. So that's the end of chapter 29. And now we are on our last chapter, chapter 30. So before Feyre goes home from the cottage, she goes to the poorer part of the village and starts handing out money. To all the, you know, people who were in the shoes that she was in. Oh, so good. So good. She also runs into Thomas Mandre and realizes Nesta must have changed her mind about marrying him, which is good. And she runs into Mr. Isaac Hale and his new wife. And she's basically like, damn, I've upgraded from this gangly boy. But also he seems happy with his new wife and like. She feels like he is now a man. Yeah, too. like she she's complimented him. Yeah, she gave him a compliment. She was like, mm-hmm. be, like when he smiles and looks at his wife, she can see he's like coming to his own. I feel like that was so such a symbol of her, like, um, almost just like outgrowing this small town and right. can like look at all of these people with so much less contempt than she yeah. had before, and like, yeah. like she just looked at him and was just like. Good for him. Yeah. And carried on. Good for you, Isaac. Yeah. Remember when you thought he was I thought he was going to have some more of a role. <laughs> Jesus. What was the point of even giving us his name? I think this is the last time we ever t- will talk about it. Wait, seriously? <laughs> yeah. I was He's like, gone. maybe he'll go after her. <laughs> no. He no. has his new wife. <laughs> He's now gone. Oh, that's um, good. He was insignificant. Yep. Yep. Okay. So the chapter breaks. Fair is back at the house gardening, of course. Why would she be doing something useful? <laughs> Thinking about the ball her dad is throwing in her honor. And she's looking at how calloused and dirty her hands are from the gardening, from the painting, and how she's going to hide that from, for the ball. And Nesta approaches and she's basically like, well, to fit in, you're going to have to wear gloves and never take them off. And Feyre says, well, maybe I don't want to fit in with your social circles. And Nesta says, then why are you bothering to stay? So she's still rude. <laughs> Feyre says, um, this is my home, isn't it? Sorry, this is my home, isn't it? And Nesta says, no, I think your home is somewhere very far away. Ooh, I literally wrote in all cap. She knows. <laughs> yeah, Nesta says she knows there's no Aunt Ripley. And then she throws something to the ground and it's a piece of wood from their cottage that has Tamlin's claw marks in it. She says that the beast's trick didn't work on her. So she remembers everything. Like the glamour, the lie didn't work on her. It did work on the dad in the lane. They don't remember anything. 
but she does. And she said she thought she was going crazy because they were all hysterical. All of a sudden, Elaine and her dad were fine. We're acting like nothing happened. Talking about this aunt that they don't have. And Nesta kept on to this wood to remind her that she wasn't crazy. That something had happened. Farah said she heard that Nesta tried to visit her. And Nesta says, he stole you away into the night, claiming some nonsense about the treaty. And then everything went on as if it never happened. It wasn't right. So Farah's realizing that Nesta was trying to save her. Yeah, She tried to cross the wall and save her. I was like, oh my gosh, this whole development where she talks about it. I'm like, Nesta. Yeah. You're not just a cold, heartless bitch. Yeah. It's also, it's, it is shocking because Nesta seemed to think of Vera as the most insignificant person, was so mean to her. So this is surprising. Yeah. I feel like through this, I was like, okay, I get it. We'll talk about it in a sec, but like, well, maybe just go into it and then I'll say this. Okay. Nesta says she got to the wall, but she couldn't find a way through. And she had hired the mercenary. Shout out to the wench. Yeah, shout out wench. Coming back to bring her there. So we're all shocked that Nesta did this, including Feyre. But Nesta, again, is like, it just wasn't right. Like, the fact that you were taken in this way just wasn't right. Yeah, I also, um, when I gasped earlier, (laughs) it was because when she goes into the carriage... And she can taste magic and then she falls asleep. I was like, oh, no, they're like hiding Mm -hmm. from her how to get back. Yeah. But and and in that moment, I realized, oh, my gosh, Nesta knows how to get back because she went after her and the mercenary took her. So hopefully that's how she like in the future. Maybe that's that maybe there's like a sign that something's wrong or whatever. And so she decides to go back and like. Nesta helps her get there because she knows how to go there from the mercenary. But anyway, so that's why I gasped earlier. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good point because, yeah, farah has been put to sleep basically both times that she's gone and come back. And Nesta, Nesta made it to the wall, but just couldn't get through. Yeah. Which is crazy. So Farah asked what happened to Thomas Mandre and, you know, marrying him. Nesta says she realized he wouldn't have gone with her to save Feyre. My heart. Yeah. And Feyre realizes beneath like the coldness and the bitterness of Nesta, she's actually very fiercely loyal yes. to the people in her life. And a lot more loyal than Feyre gives her credit for. Yeah. Vera says, Thomas never deserved you anyway. And then Nesta asks to hear everything that actually happened to Pharaoh while she's been gone. And Pharaoh tells her the full story. The full story. Which is crazy. I totally forgot that Tamlin told her not to tell anyone because spies will be out there. So now I'm like, oh shit, was that bad that she just told Nesta everything? It's so ominous. Spies yeah. will be looking for her. Yeah. Yeah. But... Is Nesta a spy? I don't know. Oh, my God. I don't know. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, this was a great moment. I literally wrote, wow, wow what an amazing moment. <laughs> and then later I go, wow. Like, literally, oh, my God. Wow. 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 
Mercedes' mind's being blown. <laughs> these chapters. No, but it's nice to have some character development from the family, yeah. actually. I know I said that these chapters were, like, more boring than what we necessarily wanted. We want the plot to develop, of course. But right. this is actually, it's adding, you know different potential subplots coming up it's adding depth it's it's like leading us to certain things that we couldn't have gotten to without this so for sure it's um it's it's interesting and it's interesting to learn more about the sisters from Feyre who's now changed a lot for sure for sure yeah so Feyre tells Nesta the full story Nesta kind of takes it in and then she asks Feyre to teach her how to paint which was random (laughs) (laughs) um so you said you don't totally forgive elaine do you forgive nesta a little bit more no i don't i don't forgive them because so these were redemption moments wait are you gonna get are we still gonna we still have more to go in this chapter right yeah okay well in this next part is when I start to like really understand Nesta a little okay. bit better. And again, like same with Elaine, like I don't forgive her because I still don't feel like the way they treated Feyre was justified or how they handled things would be how I would handle things. Sure. Or react. But I definitely understand them more and I'm not as angry at them anymore. Just like Feyre. <laughs> yeah. We're all softened. Yeah. <laughs> I'm softened by her and Tamlin's love as well. <laughs> so Feyre starts teaching Nesta how to paint. Nesta, teach Feyre how to read. <laughs> so true. Why is Feyre giving art lessons? Yeah. There are more important skills that need to be developed here. Yeah. She should have at least traded off. Like, okay, I'll teach you to paint. Teach me how to freaking write. Anyway. At least be able to write your name. <laughs> I know. So Vera starts teaching Nesta how to paint. Preparations for the ball are underway. It's all very lovely and very decadent. Elaine's gone above and beyond with her flowers. You know, yep. it's very elegant, very luxurious. And the fam is heading to the ball. So Nesta and Vera are walking behind Elaine and her father. And Nesta says... These are the days when I want to ask him if he remembers the years he almost let us starve to death. Farah's like, yeah, well, you didn't help. Yeah. And Nesta says, I always knew you could get more money. And if you couldn't, then I wanted to see if he would ever try to do it himself. If he would actually go out and fight for us. I couldn't take care of us the way that you did. And I hated you for that. But I hated him more. I still do. Harsh. Damn. But Harsh. I also don't like blame her, you know? Like, yeah. She expected more out of the leader of their family. Right. And then Ferris stepped up to be the leader, which instead of you would think Nesta would be appreciative, but she's actually just mad because the dad's still there, just not doing anything. She's like, every time Farah almost is providing for the family, it's a reminder that the dad is just there letting them, letting yeah. this happen to them. And yeah. it apparently just turned her. And she's also like, my father is weak, I feel weak, and my younger sister is out here, like, risking her life for all of us. And she's just, like, angry at the world. Right. I feel like. Right. Nesta also says their their dad knows that she's hated him even before they were poor. 
because she thinks he didn't do enough to save their mom. Like the mom was sick and Nesta was like, he was, he has all these ships. He should have gone to the ends of the earth to find a cure, like do more instead of let her die. Yeah. Yeah. She just has a lot of built up resentment. Right. And clearly Nesta has very clear ideas about what's right and what's wrong. And her, her like moral compass tells her to do the most for people in her life. Like she went to go save Feyre and no one else did. So like, she, you know, she would have gone to, if she was older, probably sought out whoever she could to help come save the mom. And the dad didn't do that. Yeah. And I think she also just has in her head very defined roles of like whose responsibility is what. Yeah. And so I think she was like, as a husband, this was your responsibility to take care of the mother. Yeah. And two, as a father, it was your responsibility to take care of your children and then I think she's also mad at herself because she's like, as the oldest sister, I should have like provided and taken on this mother role, but I my father wasn't stepping up and and my youngest sister was. And that just made me like yeah. feel insecure and and angry and just like helpless. Yeah. yeah. So Feyre says, you know, he loved her, he grieved for her. And Nesta says, he let her die. You would have gone to the ends of the earth to save your high lord. And Feyre says, yes, I would have. And that's where we end this chapter and end this episode. That ending was so good, too. (laughs) I just like hear her saying, like, you would have gone to the ends of the earth to save your high lord. And she's like, yeah, I would. Oh, gosh. I know I just repeated what you just said, but... uh. More dramatically. It was powerful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not not necessarily a cliffhanger, but it kind of is because Farah is now just in the human world, but uh, nothing's happening. But we know, obviously, something has to happen. We just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I also feel like those words are going to sit with Farah and be like, she's right. I I would. And it's going to be like, I have to go back and save Tomlin. My right. Weak, mor- but like, what self. would she do? Exactly. <laughs> I know. I know. Damn. So Damn. what do you think is going to happen next? I don't know. <laughs> well, okay. So there's a lots of options. There's her realizing I need to go back and fight. Even if I am worthless in this battle, I need to fight. For Tamlin. Yeah. And she's like, Nesta, show me the way. Um, And then she's like able to get to the, through the wall because she's like semi fey now after all her time spent there. Mm-hmm. So that's one prediction. Or Nesta or one of the servants is a spy. <laughs> oh. And that she went and heard her, whether it was Nesta and she told him her everything or because it's like if it if it's. Nesta, that would make sense why the glamour didn't work on her. Like someone else was, you know, clearing it from her mind. Or two, but I don't think so. She's fiercely loyal, which yeah. is what we learned. So I don't think it's her, but maybe it's like one of the other servants is like really a evil fae disguised, like the the carriage driver was overheard. Because Tamlin specifically said, don't tell anyone. They'll be spies. So I'm like, oh, God. So I was like one of the servants. So I think it's one or two of those two or yeah. both. 
And you brought up something that I said, but we didn't really talk about. The fact that Nesta wasn't able to be glamored, Feyre chalks it up to her just having an iron will. Like, Nesta's just built different. Yeah. And they just, it just no, didn't work on her. No, 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 no. There was something. Which is um interesting. Like, maybe she was supposed to be the chosen one, but then Feyre killed Andres. I don't freaking know. I really don't know. But I'm excited. <laughs> I have to warn you because you said you're going to go home and read the next two chapters. Mm-hmm. But we're not recording for a few days. And our next section, this was our this was officially our last like bigger chunk. Everything from now on is is like three chapters and fewer pages because it's we'll have intense. a lot more to talk about when when we're really in the action of it. Um you're going to read and next chapter does next chunk does end on a cliffhanger. Ah, so I'm just warning you. You know, this is maybe when you want to read ending. it. What? Maybe I want to read it more right before we're about to record, so then I can really get back into it after. Or just I I'm just saying I just know it would be hard. I'm trying to you know sympathize, put myself in your shoes. It would be hard to stop reading after the next section for several days. Damn it. <laughs> ah, okay. So do whatever you want. I'm just I'm just throwing that, you know, warning out there. I was planning on getting some work done, but then the book was so good, I was like, screw it. I'm just gonna read the book. But now I'm like, huh, maybe I should look at that cash flow statement. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, just kidding. Um, okay, well we'll see. I'll I'll sit with that advice. I appreciate it. Trying yep. to keep me from putting myself in misery. Yeah. And I'm saving myself a Izzy text. <laughs> You're going to get that whether I finish the chapters an hour before we record or not. Oh, my God. No, I'm so excited. This is great. This is good. I love this book. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. <laughs> I mean, I thought you would, but especially in the first half, you know, there's it's slow. I mean, we've only had like. For most of the book, there was just three characters. Yeah. And they tell you something's wrong, but never explain it. And we're kind of at the end of that now. Like, after in next chapter, you'll be like, oh, my God. Okay. Ah, yay. Yeah. Okay. Yay. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) No, because, like, I feel like the plot is good, like, and it's definitely like a slow build in their relationship, but also in figuring out what the conflict is going to be. But it's like right when you're like sucked into all these questions about the conflict, they then distract you with like a progression in the relationship. Right. And then right when they reach the next right. level of the relationship, they bring in some more of the conflict and then yeah. you're like stuck in those questions and then boom, you're back into another progression in the relationship. And so it's like they keep distracting each other with these two plot lines. Right. That are related, but but yeah, I'm ready for yeah, more of like the mystery and- to be yeah, two things. There are a lot of distractions. Even in the fact that they, they'll be like, this person's bad and this person's bad. And there's this bad thing There's so many villains. And you're kind of lost in the sauce of, <laughs> well, what's the big problem? <laughs> I can't figure Who's out. Who's the biggest problem? <laughs> and then also. The guy, in the, the guy in the, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. In, in other um, books of this genre that I've read, like Hunger Games, Harry Potter, you don't have the distracting element of 
the budding romance as much. Yeah. I mean, you kind of do, but not to this level, obviously. Yeah. Um, so that does distract, that does distract you. And then also the third thing I wanted to say, I just, I love all the theories that you're coming up with really? from these past chapters. I'm almost like, dang, that would have been a really good book. <laughs> That's how, for some of them, I'm like, if she had thought of that, that would have been really good. Oh, fuck. Okay, so some of these are, but some, are on track. But I'm saying, I mean, you you had, you know, a lot of different things. I've some been bouncing are, around. Some aren't. Yeah. yeah. But for some of the things you said, I'm like, I have goosebumps. I want to hear that story. <laughs> oh, my God. Should I be an author? Yeah. <laughs> you should write some, like, Sarah spinoff? Yeah. Oh, fan fiction. Sadie's yeah. version of A Court of Thorns and Roses. <laughs> Well, every time I'm wrong about a prediction, I love where it went instead. So it's yeah. like it really can go either right. way. I mean, I you won't be disappointed. Yeah, that's for sure. But some of those things I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that that would have been awesome. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. I'm glad I'm bringing the, the flames. <laughs> Well, right. that brings us to the end of episode seven. Thanks, wow. everyone, for listening. Next episode, we will be covering chapters 31 through 33. So three chapters. That's really not a lot. It's not enough. It's not, it's not a lot of pages, but it's a lot it's of content. A lot of content. I'm excited. Everything is important. We are ramping things up. <laughs> Yet again. Things are really ramping <laughs> Yet up. Again. Things are always just ramping up on this podcast. <laughs> Every episode. But yeah. Awesome. Can't wait. I really can't wait. This was great. This was great chapters. Yeah. I'm really just going to lay in bed and contemplate picking up the book or not. <laughs> I feel like I put you in such a tough spot of like enticing you with what's next. Yeah. But I'm like, if you read it now, you'll have to wait like three days before we can talk about it and before you can read again. again. Uh, so, you know, that is hard. Your choice. Your choice. That is hard. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Join us for next episode for chapters 31 through 33. And don't forget to. Like and subscribe this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date at Gals on Topic. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.